Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. The reason we're late is 100% my fault because I've been watching Spurs in Liverpool, which has just ended one all. And just wanted to do a small bit of a look, see what the story was, obviously, because we've got Liverpool next. But that's the last we're going to mention in Liverpool until probably tomorrow or maybe the, maybe the day after when we do a preview. And we want to talk about what I felt was one of the most complete performances we had uh, of the season so far against Burnley today. Um, I know, Paddy, you had to listen to the... To, well, not had to. You had the, the pleasure, should I say, of listening to the dulcet tones of Mr. Mark Regan um, while you were watching what what was an absolute belter of a rugby match as well. <laughs> you know, it's been difficult to concentrate in the two. Um, yeah. but, and you've seen the goals and so on. But, um, uh, you know, I suppose more so... More than the goals and more than the, uh, I suppose, the performance today... The win, I think, is something that, that I want to start off and I want to talk about first before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game. Because, Paddy, uh, we've seven points from the last nine. And it's not long ago that we've had a lot of people... Sorry, not we. I, I think the whole of Villa Twitter has had a lot of people saying, lads, we might pick up a point before the season ends and we might go down and you know this, that and the other. And I just want to say, listen to Uncle Neil. Uncle, I, I'm, I'm not usually, I, I'm not 100% right, but I'm never wrong. That's all, that's what I'll say to you. I'm not 100% right, but I'm never wrong. And uh, <laughs> it looks like I'm going to be proven probably right with, uh, with, with my, um, my tally of somewhere between 7 and 11 points by the end of the season, considering we've got 7 points already uh, from when we last spoke about it. But um, Burnley win today was fantastic. For me, it alleviates all fears of, of relegation. Like, I think even with a goal difference, it would have to be um, a 17-goal swing um, for us to go down at this stage. 
and uh, I think that we can probably put the champagne or keep the, pop the champagne and take it off ice. I think at the moment because we're not going down and we're looking up. And I and to be honest with you, I think that we're going to finish top half because we're going to beat Crystal Palace as well uh, before the season is out. Well, I asked you the question earlier, Neil. Has anyone ever gone down with forty points? And you said West Ham did. Has anyone ever gone down with forty-three points? No, because I think West Ham went down with forty-two points. I think someone put it All into right, the comments okay. earlier on. So, and that's always put up there as the the barometer of of safety. And um, you know, you you have to you have to, like we we are safe. Now. We were safe. We were safe two weeks ago. We were safe after we got the draw against Leicester. For my money, I think we were safe. We were safe before we travelled over. Uh, in the Norwich game, it would have had to have been an absolutely amazing sequence of results uh, for us to go down, and and that's not going to happen. And we're safe as houses, to be honest with you. And and onwards and upwards, and let's look for the look for the rest of the season. Um, Paddy, I suppose, really, where where does this kind of uh, where where did where did the, the, this trepidation of, of relegation kind of come into it before we go on to the actual game itself? Because genuinely, I, I wasn't. It wasn't just false bravado. It was for me. I I thought the team was probably performing an awful lot better than other people did. Um, in in the sense that I never thought that the lull was going to continue. That I knew that we were, that, that I thought we were always streaky. But um, do do you think that uh, do you think that it has affected? I suppose really the over the last maybe six to seven weeks has it affected uh, the the atmosphere at Villa Park the the fact that people probably kind of there was an inkling that maybe we might have gone down. Look, but the one underlying thing that that doesn't get mentioned is just remember for the last twelve years, all our fans or even our new breed of fans or this new generation of fans, all they've known. In Premier League football, is austerity, is is negativity, yeah. is you know worry, is sleepless nights, and look, I'm I'm so happy we're not in the position we were in two years ago when, uh, you know, we were to go and get a, a point off West Ham in the last day of the season to to ultimately stay up. This this season, I I haven't been worried about it at all, albeit we we weren't safe, but I think I I genuinely think that is the reason. That everybody is just that little bit apprehensive and waiting until it's mathematically impossible for us to go down, which I think we can safely say it is now. It, it would be, it would take a monumental miracle for us to go down at this stage. Paddy, funny that you should mention two years ago. At this very point of the season, with thirty-four games played, two years ago, mm-hmm. we had, we were nineteenth. We had 27 points. We had a goal difference of minus 29. Bournemouth had 28 points. Watford had 34 points at this point. And Watford had a game game more played than us. And we stayed up. How the hell did we stay up from that position? <laughs> 20, we were seven points off 17th with four games to play and a wild goal difference. How did we stay up on goal difference? Like, 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 genuinely, you know, I when I say that it would have taken a, an unbelievable circumstance for us to 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 have gone down. That, when I look back at it, at this very point in the season, was an unbelievable circumstance for us to stay up. Like, how the hell did we do that? Is just like, just like I, it's it, it's ridiculous. And I know we're not talking about the game at hand here, but I think you know it's 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 worth the kind of um. 
it's worth celebrating. It's worth kind of a victory lap to say that, lads, look, we're not going down. And for any of you that, that maybe thought we were going down, we don't have to talk about that. We don't have to listen to people talking about it. We don't have to listen. Like, we, we have a, a very, very good radio station, a radio station I listen to quite a lot. And they were they had a relegations uh, um, conversation a week ago. And Villa, they must have spent about five to six, maybe five to seven minutes talking about Aston Villa going down. And I was like, this is bonkers. This is bonkers. Like, Villa, Villa aren't going down. So this is probably something more for me that I want to get off my chest and I want to celebrate more than a lot of other people. But um, look, as I say, it's uh, it's t- today is, is, is definitive. We were joking outside Villa Park last week, myself, yourself and Noel Connachton, and we were singing We Are Staying Up to bouncing up and down as if we were uh, last day of the season after after Robin and goal difference like in 2019. But we were having we were taking the piss like, you know, but mm-hmm. um, you know, we can definitely say that, that that we are staying up and looking up the league at, at this stage. And, and it's kind of mad to even say it with 43 points and uh, a positive goal difference or sorry, not a positive goal difference. We're minus two goal difference at the moment. Um, but in comparison, a positive goal difference in comparison to all the teams below us. Yeah. So, uh, so that's and look, my point. Anyway, it is it is Go something it. to celebrate. It is something to be happy about. And here's something that hasn't happened on the podcast in a long time. Yes. There we go. Cheers. We're definitely staying. Hey, I'd, say, I'd say it could be United the United Away win, which is before Christmas. I'd say that could be the last time <laughs> yeah. you open the can. It probably is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't remember the last time. You mightn't have opened a can since Stephen Gerrard has been manager. Um, I was also very, very drunk after beating uh, Brighton on the podcast, so I'd pre- say that probably evens it out a bit. Yeah. Probably <laughs> does. And in fairness, a lot of the, the you know you've been to a lot of games as well, so we've done a lot of, and we haven't done that many immediate reaction pods either because some of the performances have been great. But it's great yeah. to hear the 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 the. the of a can, and uh, I suppose the best I can do is I'm drinking a nice Scotch whiskey at the moment. So um, if you couldn't tell by my rent at the start, so <laughs> I'm just going to put a little glug of of whiskey into my glass before we continue on with this podcast. And uh, as I say, we're going to raise a glass to a great performance from Aston Villa today. So the game itself, Paddy, I know that you've you've only seen uh, fits and starts of it, and that's okay too. But we'll talk about the goals first, and I might go into a bit more detail about the overall performance because. There were some really great things I liked or really liked about this performance. I have a tweet ready to go because there still seems to be a small bit of um, a bit of trepidation as to whether we actually played three at the back. And uh, I'll get on to that and I'll talk about it in a moment. But the goals themselves, Paddy, I suppose, getting one so early in the game really settled us and really put the willies up um, up uh, Burnley, I think. And it suited us to kind of be front runners at that stage, even though Dwight McNeil had his... Had his had his feed for it, but before the game, I think we we all kind of wanted, or we all we well, I know I spoke about it with with, with Dan Bardell in in, in their um uh, preview show. An early goal is something that Aston Villa love, and uh, and we got one today, and uh, you know it was some it was something that we could kind of really hang our hat on. Um, it was a. Yeah, so so I suppose really like it, 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 the difference I suppose between a game when we don't score early and a game when we do score early, Paddy, is massive, isn't it? Well, it is. Like as you know, I I listened to the game on the radio. It was the only way I listened to it. I sat there in a, a stadium nearly full of of, of uh, forty odd thousand people with my earphones in. I must have looked very silly. 
Um, two minutes into the game and Villa are 1-0 up and shortly after my team scores a try and everything is looking rosy in the garden and I was totally relaxed watch, watching and listening to both games for a while. Um, it, it absolutely makes a huge difference to score early and uh, have a watch back the, the highlights. <laughs> what a ball it was from, from Emmy Buendia. It just... If Coutinho did it, they'd, they'd be showing it over and over again on Match of the Day tonight. But look, Buendia just deserves to be in that position. He's an incredible footballer. Yeah, and I didn't want to get out in front of, uh, I, I suppose, the actual the fact that we scored a goal uh, a goal so early with, with with regards to that pass. But that pass was something special. It was like caramel. And, you know, the, there was a lot that went on in that. The fact that I think it was us that spoke about it, about Buendia. And it was after the, the Norwich game. The fact that he just, he does this whole thing whereby he runs about three steps, looks behind him to see who's coming, and then runs another three steps. And he almost does a stutter in his in, in, in when he drops back for the ball. And it's beautiful to see when it goes right. And this really went right because Douglas Louise, who I thought was brilliant playing in a number eight position today, he puts he puts a ball in there. But I think he misjudged the kind of the, the, the stutter step that Buendia does and he put a bit of heat in it and it wasn't the best ball of all time. It was grand. It was fine. He should like Buendia should have controlled it. But Buendia controlled it, took it around in his stride and played an absolute... You know who used to play passes like that in his pomp was Cesc Fabregas. It was that slide rule weighted pass that Fabregas made an absolute living out of and uh, it was just delightful to see. Who better to get it than Danny Ings? And Danny Ings, I think, is is the only player ever to score against all his former teams in the same season. Really? He just needed to score against Burnley today. Yeah, and and, and that was it. Um, or sorry, four of four of his former teams, I think, in the one season. Some mad stat statistic like that, but he 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 did it. I read it on read it online today, and uh, yeah, we had a goal within seven minutes, and and Danny Ings was celebrating, and I was delighted for Danny Ings because. You know, and in fairness, it is, he, he didn't celebrate, in fairness to him, which is within his rights. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And but but I think the greatest thing, the best thing for Danny Ings is he's finishing the season very well because there was a lot of question marks over him uh, towards the end of 2020, 2021, as in the end of the calendar year. The start of 2022, he got injured and he's coming out of it now. And, and you know, he's that statistic where he's had a goal. A goal contribution every fifty nine minutes in the last seven games. So over the last seven games, he had a goal contribution every fifty nine minutes, and I think it rounds out at something like is it three assists and four goals, or four assists and three goals? Can't remember which one it is. And uh, you know that's good. That's what we want to see. Once again, our two strikers scored again today. You know, our two strikers scored again today. And uh, at how many times can we say that? Namely, because we don't usually play two strikers, but did against Norwich, did against Burnley. What did I say beforehand? We want to create partnerships. They're really they're looking like a partnership now, and they're looking more comfortable playing with each other. You change that kind of that that um, the, the the third leg of the stool essentially today. It was changed. Coutinho went out when Dia came in. Yet the two guys were still able to play off each other. Ings dropped an awful lot deeper. Watkins ran the channels, but the second Watkins ran the channels. Um, the two boys, Buendia and Ings, were bombing it. I mean, like there was there was times there whereby Buendia's legs were nearly four foot in front of him because he's they were going they were going faster than his body to try and get into the box. And that's great to see that the guys are now beginning to understand whether it be Coutinho or Buendia. 
they're beginning to understand what their role is within that attack. And they're all not standing on top of each other. And even if they are standing on top of each other, they're dispersing into the right positions as to where everybody understands they're going to be, um, which was great to see. Uh, but this goal was fantastic. I really liked it. And, and there was no stopping it. You know, he got down the side of Nathan Collins, who I think is an absolute starlet in the making. I think he's going to be great. I thought he had a very good game today. Yeah, he's in a team that conceded three goals. But, um, you know, he was the better of the of the three centre-halves that were played for Burnley today between himself, Tarkovsky, and, and, and another Irish guy, Kevin Long, who's had a... Um, a lot of injury was, and, and and to be honest with you, it's great to see him playing Premier League football considering the amount of injuries he's had. But uh, yeah. uh, he he was the best of the three, and uh, but Ings got down the side of him and slotted it away. And look, have to be absolutely delighted with the first goal to come so early and to give us that kind of impetus within the game. But we get on to the second goal, I suppose, Paddy, because the 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 second goal comes at an opportune time as well. Burnley were beginning to get a small bit of a foothold in the game. Dwight McNeil was beginning to get down the get down the side of us. Uh, I was, I tweeted out slightly critical of Luca Dean, much and all as everybody knows, I love him. Um, I was slightly critical about his ability to get back, and I felt that he just wasn't getting back. Like he he just he was staying forward and he wasn't getting back. But we didn't have. Uh, I thought Douglas Louise was 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 charged with that side of the field, and we were just leaving it a small bit open for for Dwight McNeil to get down there. And he got down a couple of times and we couldn't get the, they couldn't get the ball across or when they did get across, we snuffed it out. Uh, Kanza was nearly caught at one stage. Um, I think Aaron Lennon got a ball on the other side, got it in towards uh, Ashley Barnes, but uh, and Kanza was caught because the ball was coming from one side and he he was he was crossing over uh, where to, to where Mings was. So Aaron Lennon played a ball across. I think Dwight McNeil, Wings was Mings was there and Kanza was coming. To, to kind of meet Mings and there was a there was actually an opportunity or, or a potential that the two of them could have clashed into each other and Kanza had to actually stop on a sixpence and try and move backwards when Barnes got the ball but I thought he did a good job of, of marshalling him and putting the ball over over the bar but Burnley were getting a foothold in the game at that stage um, they were getting a foothold massively down our left side because Dina was attacking like mad, um, which he's obviously been told to do. And and, and yeah. um, no sooner had I the tweet out that uh, Dina attacks down the left-hand side <laughs> and uh, lays an assist on for Emi Bundia and everything is right in the world again. And I know it was a deflected shot, but I think there's nobody on the field that deserved a goal more than Emi Bundia for, for everything he's gone through since January. Coutinho's come in. He was player of the, player of the month, I think, in the Premier League in January. And then when Coutinho comes in, he doesn't see a sniff of a game really between now and then. And uh, he's kept his mouth shut. He's put his head down. He's worked. Uh, he's stayed in the Argentina squad. And uh, there's been nothing but, but positive things that, that have come from Steven Jarrett about him as well. And, and I was delighted for that. But Paddy, you know, I suppose just talking about those two goals in a vacuum, for those two players being two of the people that we brought in to replace Jack Grealish, how important is it for players like that to be scoring goals even at this late late uh, stage of the season? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Don't think it's overly important for, for the likes of Buendia to get a goal. Uh, obviously, it's great. Um, but I, I, I would imagine Buendia is the kind of player that would equally is, enjoy the ball that he played through for, for Danny Ings for the first one. But it's very important for your strikers to be scoring goals. Absolutely. Um, and we'll, we'll get to the Watkins one in a minute. But um, I, I was delighted for, you know, I've been banging the drum about Danny Ings. I think he's I think he's the best finisher we have. I th- uh, well, we've yet to see if Cameron Archer can step up to that plate. And I've no doubt that he, he might. Um, further down the line, and he might he might benefit from being there and learning to get with the likes of Danny Ings. So, I'd like I I would like to see us hold on to Danny Ings. I think, you know, if 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 we got to the situation where we had another striker, maybe a bigger striker that he could play off and work off and and uh, you know get tight to and get get a knockdown and all that kind of thing that you know that that we know he's good at. Um, I don't know who that striker is or whether that will even happen. But that's what I, you know. I think it's an area that we, we just one more body in there might make a huge difference. But yes, I want to see Danny Ings scoring goals. Uh, great to see Ollie Watkins get over the ten for the season. We probably would have expected more from the two of them. But look, it is what it is. Uh, the the season was written off fairly early that we weren't going to do anything magic. Although we had a few false dawns with the the run we went on around January time. Was it when we thought we were going to get into? Mm-hmm. European football, so it, it's petered out. Um, we we gave out about the players been being on the beach, and there we go. We got we got seven points out of uh, out of nine, as you said. Um, not not the group, but I haven't seen today. Obviously, as you know, um, I'm looking forward to to looking at it after twelve o'clock tonight on Villa TV. Um, but it's uh, it, it's de- it's definitely in the advertising for Villa TV. Uh, what is it? One ninety nine a month. <laughs> Uh, Villa yeah. TV subliminal messaging. <laughs> well, well, you know, like it's it's a great service. It know, absolutely I, I, is. Yeah, right. and and to be to be like, it's very hard to see every game every week. Uh, I've missed two games this year. One of one of them I was in the air and missed the Newcastle game, and I never watched that one back, and I never will watch it back. But I will watch this one back, and I like I watched the Norris one back after being a. Uh, you know, sometimes when you're at the match, you miss an awful lot, especially where I sit behind the goal. So uh, it, it's good to watch it back and, and pick up the bits that you missed. So I, I find it a very valuable tool. And also I'll be tuning in to watch uh, the ladies play Birmingham City. Unfortunately, they're already relegated, but we'll uh, we'll chat about that later on. Yeah, uh, just on that as well, guys, it's... it's um... A couple of people have, have reached out and, and, and just mentioned about that as well, you know, that the, the game is there to be watched and and, and Carla Ward and, and, and the the um the Villa women's team have put an awful lot of effort into this and the Villa want to grow the women's uh women's side of the of the operation as much as they want to grow the academy and they want to grow the, the, the senior men's team as well. So uh, I suppose mm. any support that can be given would be absolutely fantastic, even if it's just watching it, get the numbers up because, you know, there's a great amount of effort that's gone in there. We've seen Aston Villa women's team um, almost be catapulted into into a stratosphere with some of the players that they've signed, number one. 
and and number two and and like when was last time an Aston Villa uh, women's soccer player was on um was on soccer or women's footballer was on soccer AM. You know, little things like that. You know, it's great for the club. It's great for the club to have to yeah. have uh, both teams. Um, I suppose getting uh getting noticed and 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 getting good PR both on and off the field. And long may it continue. You know, long may it continue yeah. for. And and in fairness, it's it's a good it's it's a reasonable day out. Um, they've a lot going on around Villa Park tomorrow. It's only a pound in for a child. It it looks like it's gonna to have the makings of a great day out. Um, I'm making a promise that I get to one next year because I've watched a lot of the games this year and I've really enjoyed them. So some weekend next year I'll get over when when they're playing and and the men are playing on the same weekend that I can get out and, mm. and watch it. And you said the Birmingham City are already relegated, Paddy, but. Should I not make you want to beat them more? Well, I think you want to beat them anyway. Um, unfortunately, they lost. They got hammered six 0 by by Man City on Tuesday night or so, whatever it was. So uh, that that's them gone. But look, they want they want to put on a show now. We we they, they went through a rough time uh, over the last five or six weeks, and then did get a draw against Man United. So it, there, there, there's good signs there, but. It's 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 something I'm looking forward to, and it's it'll be a good way to see out the season. I think. Yeah. So um yeah so don't don't neglect that. That's on tomorrow. Um eight to May. Twelve o'clock. Uh, check it out. You know it's twelve o'clock. Yeah yeah. So um you know. and a, another another valuable tool. Should we may as well promote everybody. Uh, the FA Player app shows all these games That's live. Where, uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't know whether if they if it's just for overseas, but. Definitely check it out because I get all the notifications when they're playing, and, and we sit down and watch them. Nice and handy when when you when you have to put up with a uh, skyscorp pundits talking about Man United, Man City, Liverpool all the time. That you can go and watch something positive about Aston Villa. Um, yeah, and for for people who aren't overseas, you never know. We're we might we might have a sponsor soon for VPN. Who knows? And, and you might be able to avail something there. As well. Sorry, what did I say that out loud? Oh my god, no. Um, that was someone robbed my microphone. Someone robbed my microphone. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So so let's not neglect the women as well. Uh, we're guys that I know Dan Bardell is going um covering that for the Athletic tomorrow. So that should be uh, no. It's great to see it being um. I suppose see it's being see it being signal boosted on on such a such a big platform like the Athletic as well. But um, just to get back to 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 the to the Burnley game today, um, and you mentioned something about Ings there as well, and you know that I hope we keep Ings. I don't think it's I don't think it's even up for conversation. I think Ings Ings and Watkins are definitely here next season. I think they're definitely here next season. I think they've got Cameron Archer. Um, I think Cameron Archer. We might see him loaned out again. Who knows? He signed. He signed a, a longer contract. You know, so we're yeah. not under the gun to see what he does at Premier League level. And you know, he he could be loaned out again. It wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility to see him back at Preston and maybe get a full season there. But I think that we might bring in an older striker. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say the name Luis Suarez there because I don't want to trigger anybody. But <laughs> I I can't see him not being here next season. I don't know what it is. I just have it in the back of my mind that it just, whether people like it or whether they don't, I think that there might be someone in there. And I think we might see a bigger striker, as you said, uh, Paddy. Uh, PSK has uh, has mentioned here a guy by the name from Sassuolo, um, uh, Kyle Skamaka as well. And uh, that's somewhere I saw him linked as well previously. And he's a nice player. He's a young player. Um, I'm not 100% sure he's mobile enough for the Premier League, but he gets goals. He's really well thought of. It, he's been called the next Christian Vieri in Italy. 
remember Doug tried to sign Christian Vieri all those years ago and Juninho in the same off season. Yeah, that was when I I think that was when there was a maybe a whiff of Gange around around Villa Park for a good period of time because I don't know could we have ever signed either of the two of those, but I think somebody just mentioned it to, uh, somewhere along the line. But uh, wouldn't it have been fantastic? But um, that's all for another day, another podcast when we do um go and look after the season, I suppose, and we appraise the team that we have. But I do think that we will see more incomings. Uh, whether Archer gets gets uh, next year uh, to see to, to come back to Aston Villa, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, but I'm saying that the option is there now that we've signed him to a longer-term contract. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it was three or four years. So, you know, the option for him to go out and learn and and uh, and to hone his craft at, at championship level is still there. Um, we haven't even talked about the third goal yet, Paddy. And for me, the third goal was the best goal. For me, the yeah. third goal I thought was an absolute brilliant move. Um, the the one, the one, the one standout for me about this this goal is look at the position John McGinn gets into to deliver that ball. And I I have a feeling that if you look closely enough, his hand is in the air celebrating the minute that ball is going in mm. towards its destination. It's not it even was, before. I tweet- I tweeted about it. He crosses the ball and he runs to the end line with his hand in the air like this. <laughs> he knew it was a goal the second he crossed it. Yeah. It was a beaut. Absolutely. But the ball from Dino was an absolute beaut as well, you know. It was really well yeah. worked. Absolutely. But uh, I'm delighted for John McGinn. I, I, I'd love to see him finish the season on a high because he's not going anywhere. Everybody loves John. He's he's the heart and soul of the dressing room from, from what everybody can see. You may have seen him uh, commentating on Philippe Coutinho's keeping the tennis ball in the air during the week. He's just a good guy. He's good for him. But most of all, we know he has oodles and oodles of talent. He's not just a fat arse to, to, to hold people off. He's he's an incredible footballer and I hope he's around for a long time. So it was just it was lovely to see him getting forward into that position and getting the ball into the box. Yeah, and it was it was a superb cross. You know one thing about John McGinn as well? John McGinn has unbelievable technical ability. In a lot of ways. A lot of the time when we think of John McGinn, we think of him with his gaudy running style. We think of him with his arson players out of the way. You know, that kind of almost schoolyard football sense that we have. But if you think of John McGinn, and you think of when the ball drops to him at the edge of the area and he has a shot. He had one of these. A ball came across him and he was... he's. I'd say he was further up the field than he had been in the last five games, to be honest with you, when he picked up the ball. In the first half, it was... And he must have been about 35 yards out. And he took a shot. Now, the keeper saved it handily. But it was a beautiful, like, it was a beautiful shot in a lot of ways. It had a lot of power. It had, uh, but and it didn't. he didn't balloon it over. He got his head over it, and he got a good shot away. John McGinn's technique is really, really good when he's given space and when he's allowed to play. And that's why I think when he plays with Scotland in the number 10 position, the people see a lot more of a different and a more dynamic John McGinn. John McGinn is like the Swiss Army knife within the team. You can put him anywhere and he'll be able to, you know, take off his leg and he'll screw on his golf club leg when he's playing, when he's playing uh, back maybe towards the sixth position or he'll, you know, he'll, he'll do different things uh, if you want him to. But I think John McGinn does fancy himself further up the field. And I think you can see he really enjoys goal contributions like he, like he had today. Yeah. Because when he takes a shot... He gets a lot of those shots on target. And you know what? Like he likes to have a bang from out from way out the field. And if you look at him, he strikes him sweet more often than not. But this cross was great because Dina switches the player right the way over to him. And the second he gets the ball, 
He knows where he wants to go. He knows the patch of grass he wants to cross it in, cross it in from, and he crosses it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Paddy. John McGinn. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. John McGinn, has he, has he had many assists this season? That's what I was thinking when I saw it. I don't think he's had too many. Um, I think I remember one from from a corner he took. I think did he did he take the corner that Courtney House headed in? I don't know why I have that in my head. We were rotating our own corner kick takers there for a while. Yeah, they literally could have been anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I well no. What I was getting at here is that um, you know, he ah, AVFC Statub sent me uh, sent me Paddy Phil there for a while. He sent me a tweet on it. And uh, I know I'll be able to tell you exactly when his last one was because that's what I was getting at, that uh, he hasn't had a goal contribution, whether it be an assist or whatever, in a long time. I think it's something like December or something along those lines, but I'll get you that now in a moment. But what what I'm trying to get at, yeah, McGinn's first goal contribution since Leicester at home, December, 16 games without one uh, was last time. So... I mentioned on Twitter, I goes, look, watch McGinn. He's celebrating after he crossed the ball in. He knew exactly yeah. it was going to, he knew it was going to be a goal because Watkins would be his man. And uh, it meant that much to him. And the reason I was saying it was that he hasn't been really loud off the leash. And what what allowed him off the leash today, Paddy, do you think? Well, allowed him off I'm the leash was Callum, for it. Callum Chambers. I'm setting you up for this one. I, I haven't seen it, but I listened I listen to Ian Taylor uh, talking about it. And look, it, it's quite obvious that uh, Chambers had, he, he grew into the game as it went along. As Ian Taylor said, he, he looked like he was a duck out of water at the start, but grew into the game and looked very much in control. So delighted for my buddy, Callum Chambers, goal of the season nominee and uh, all round good guy and good player. But uh, he definitely allowed Douglas Louise. And John McGinn have a better game by the sounds of things. Yeah, and I think he did. Um, and that's who I want to talk about next now that we've got through. All... Oh, sorry, actually, great finish by Watkins. Like, that's a diving header at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. I don't see too many of them anymore. Headers. I love it. No, no. <laughs> they, they, I, think, I think what really got me to love a diving header was it must have been in the year where Kevin Phillips and, and, and Niall Quinn were playing for Sunderland. And Kevin Ball was the centre half. Sunderland that year if I'm not mistaken and he had an absolutely unbelievable diving header at the back post it might have been against Newcastle I'm not I'm it's I don't know what team it was but it was a wet day and it was Sky Sports were covering it and you could barely see the screen and it was grainy coverage and he had this unbelievable diving header at the back post I'm sure it's on YouTube but that made me fall in love with diving headers ever since. So I'll always love to see, and I'll always give a fellow a diving header, even if he just jumps off the ground a small bit and goes forward. You know, it's a little I'm a little bit older than you, but uh, Keith Houchin's header in the FA Cup final for... Made up um, name, made up name. For Keith Coventry. Houchin's never heard of him, made up name. <laughs> you were out born probably. 
But I used to throw my, myself around the back garden pretending to be Keith Houch and hitting the ball off the wall and diving header into the corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, Can't never, beat a diving header. Yeah. And Paddy, Paddy had uh, tarmac in his back garden as well. So, like, you could imagine oh, he would have broken Connor once he had that somewhere. Hardy Booker was. But I wanted to get on to Callum Chambers. And I want to get up this, get on to the setup of the team, Paddy, because, um, you know, now we've gone through the goals. I think really the, the money is going to be made here with, with Stephen Gerrard. Uh, we've, we've, we've talked about coaching, we've talked about identity. Is it a positive or a negative that he's been very experimental? Um, I'm going to go back through the last 10 games that he's played. And uh, the uh, and, and go to catalog them for an actual podcast because Stephen Jarrett has has decided very. Oh, Klinsman loved the good diving header, didn't he? Well, Klinsman loved the good diving celebration, regardless. <laughs> um, now Klinsman's nose looked like he had a, he had a couple of diving headers in his time as well uh, for a period. <laughs> there, he's, it was uh, half it was pointing pointing east, half it was pointing west, if I remember rightly. But um, yeah, every every young fella. Did it himself as an injury trying to do a Klinsman, especially in the summer months when when football was played here in Ireland. Um, but uh, getting back to I suppose the way that Gerard set the team up today, um, I I, I should have taken two screenshots of it today to show it to you guys because, um, if any of you saw my Stephen Gerard piece and I was talking about marvelous Nakamba was in this position and when he when he when he got injured and uh, we had no one in that position and Douglas Louise went went a bit further forward. And I went back and I looked at the, looked at it after this, and I tried to think about why that might have happened because Callum Chambers was parked in front of the back two, as you are. I can't remember the back two because our, our fullbacks just bomb forward. So uh, Callum Chambers was parked back there. A couple of people have said, and I've seen it written on Twitter, and uh, I haven't listened to any of the rest of the the Villa podcasts or whatever, so I'm not sure if they mentioned it yet. But a couple of people have said, we played treated back today. And we actually didn't because Cham Chambers is like an octopus there. I've never seen a man to get his arms all over people. He was the grabbiest player on the field today. He actually grabbed people more than, than goalkeepers grab balls out of the sky today. He was, I don't know how he didn't get, get a couple of yellow cards, to be honest with you, because he was really grabby. But I think we needed that. I think we needed a bit of nastiness to allow us to go forward. And uh, I wonder if that bit of experimentation that, that Stephen Jarrett had is like he must know that that the, the Douglas Louise has played his best forward in the eighth position, uh, or has played his best football in the eighth position this year. I wonder, it's going to be really interesting to see what he does against Liverpool now. If he leaves Chambers in there, if he brings JJ, won't be there anyway. I, I, I wouldn't imagine he's going to make that quick turnaround if he was injured for today. Um, Ray, yeah, I, I, I'm this one. I'm this one. I'm gearing up to. I think he probably has to start there and drop in as as a back three if needs be. I think you probably seen a camera in there as well somewhere. Along I think the so too. Yeah, I, I think we go there to try and get. A nil all draw and and look if we lose one nil like we did earlier like when we played them earlier on in the season we lost one nil to a penalty where Mings had a, had I don't even think it was a penalty I think it was just a it was a clumsy collision between two players where the where the forward got the benefit of the doubt yeah because, well well it was the old Liverpool way of planting your foot in front of a fella that's running and hit the deck and get a penalty well I think it's more the old Mount Salah way than the Liverpool way to be honest with you because I couldn't imagine. Actually, I could imagine Mike Lowen doing it. I could imagine. Well, of the current crop, Manny, Manny, was it? I couldn't imagine TT Kamara doing it. Okay, no. right? Give, 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 <laughs> that's you. 
<laughs> Lest we forget Titi Kamara, the wonderful Ghanaian striker. Um, but I think we can go to Liverpool with a small bit of um, small bit of zest. No, look, put it this way: they're scorned after today. Yeah. One all draw, they would have expected to go there and win. They should have won. They they're mm-hmm. coming. But 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 I will say, abject enough in part in a lot of the game against against Villarreal, a yeah. team that has become. A re- essentially a retirement home for, <laughs> for for Premier League footballers. A fantastic, don't get me wrong, it's not negative. Una Emery is, like, how Arsenal binned him is beyond me because look at the success that man brings. But they were playing with a midfield of Coughlin, Etienne Capu, and they had a 36-year-old Raul Albiol uh, at the back who had afterburners for feet against Liverpool for the two legs. Liverpool are showing a bit of chinks. I don't expect us to win, don't get me wrong, but I still think we can go there and maybe make it difficult for them. But what you have to remember, Neil, is I think, is it 63 games they will have played by the end of the season? They will have played in every possible game that you can play. They've got to the Champions League final, they got to the FA Cup final, they got to the Carabao Cup final. There is no other game that they could have played, no extra game that they could have played. They played the Charity Shield as well, didn't they? So mm. they have had so much going on. So it, it is bound to catch up on them. I was hoping it would be Tuesday and not today. But <laughs> Tuesday's go- Tuesday is not going to be easy because, as you say, they'll be like a scoring cat now and, and they'll be they'll go all out for us. So I do I do see a situation. And look, we, we, we'll get on to that again when we do a little preview. Um. But uh, I do see a situation where we might see two set, two defensive midfielders. Um, the, like Coutinho was dropped. Like Buendia made hay while the sun shined today, and I think maybe it's going to be harsh to him because I don't think he's going to keep his place on Tuesday. Because mm. I think Coutinho, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I was nearly right. <laughs> there was one game that they missed. Paddy, we're supposed to, we're supposed to know our stuff here. My oh, goodness, know. run up well, by me in the production meeting. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what happens when you listen to. I was up north all week listening to talk sports. So you yeah. pick up these nuggets and think they're correct. <laughs> but in fairness to Liverpool, like Liverpool are the best team in Europe, best team in the world at the moment. They really are. I know they drew one mm. all today, and but like Liverpool rarely have two bad games in a row this season. Last season they did. Start of the season we caught them. There, were, you know, there was those questions being asked, and Van Dyke got injured, and then they like the things that they did last season with Nat Phillips and uh, Kabayak, and uh, I can't even remember who was that guy they signed from Preston that never got a game, uh, never really got a yeah. game, you know. But but the things they did with that with with that backline last season was was nothing short of fantastic, you know. Mm-hmm. So like Jurgen Klopp, I, I know some people don't like him. I just think he's like he for me he's legend. I I, I think he's brilliant. But anyway, that's not that what this podcast is about. But uh Liverpool will be a scorn cat, is what I say. Um but if I'm playing, I go there heavily fortified and try maybe and catch them because the the reason I'm saying this is you're gonna have Coutinho in there for Bundia. I think I, I, I'm ninety-nine percent certain. I don't think you could you could resist. The, the temptation not to play Coutinho against Liverpool just because of the game that, that, that that's there. 
call it stupid, call it call it populist um, picking or whatever, call it naivety, call it pandering to the sky, whatever you want to call it. But I think I think Coutinho definitely starts. This is the first game he's been dropped for. So to me, I don't think he was dropped. Obviously, number one, I think it was just it was minute management kind of thing. And um, Buendia played fantastic. Should we drop Buendia? Jared has shown a propensity to drop players that have played well. Did it with Tim today, which worked out. And I don't think Tim would have been the right man to play in the game today. I think Chambers got his hands on people. I think he was nasty. I think he was dark. I I'll go so far as to say it, I think he was cynical. Today, and um, we talked about the likes of Jack Cork. Sometimes you need just a good professional in there in midfield. And I think Chambers is our good professional in there midfield, um, and I think that he he keeps his place. But I think what we'll do is we'll fortify. I think we might see. Um, I, I, I to be honest with you, I probably think we'll see the same midfield three, but I think we'll see earlier substitutions, and I think we'll see Coutinho between behind the two boys up front. And the reason I think that is because I think we're going to go a bit longer. Uh, because Ollie and and Danny Ings are in form, uh, whether we want to believe it or not. Like two goals in two games for both strikers is an achievement yeah. for the Seston Villa Football Club at this moment in time <laughs> for strikers at this club. That's a massive achievement. No, and I would go so far as to say, Paddy, bar the the top teams, there's probably very few clubs. Where's AVFC Stato when you need him, or where's Villa Villa Analytics when you need him watching the pod? But there's very few clubs that would have both their strikers score in games back to back outside of the top six. I would go so far. I'd say even so. I'd say even outside of Man City and, and Liverpool, to be honest with you. Um, if Man, if Man City played with a striker, either either way, they they should be applauded for it because it number one we're scoring goals and number two we're after getting back to back wins, and I suppose the only blot on the horizon is the fact that we conceded and it annoyed the shit out of me to hear the goal going in but look I'm sure I'm not as annoyed as Emmy Martinez because three in a row clean sheets would have been brilliant but uh you know I said it in our team sheet tantrum Cornet, you just don't know what's going to turn up he took his goal well he went around Emmy blasted it into the roof of the net good finish fair play to him but I would imagine there's a lot. I would imagine Gerard was not happy with conceding that goal later on. Um, no. I don't, well, yeah, like, is is that not just manager speak? Do, do no. managers really care whether they win? Of course, of course if the manager won ten nine, do you think he really gives a shit? Like, re- genuinely speaking, I think a lot of that might be manager speak. But I think Emmy, I think you're right, Emmy Martin is because. Mm. Kanza sold that back line up to Swanee. And, and I didn't think he had a fantastic game today. I think it weighed in his mind that he's been dropped for the last game. Um, and I think it did uh, today because, no, I suppose that's probably unfair of me because they're tricky customers, those two big brutes that they had up front. Ashley Barnes is a, is a, yeah. he's a savvy footballer, you know. I'm not going <clears> to <throat> say he's fantastic. I'm not going to say he should ever have been in an England squad or anything like that. He's a savvy footballer. He loses his weight. Like he's he's a different prospect. You know, he's not someone that you can actually really specifically with this football club that we have at the moment. There's nobody, unless they play Tyrone Mings center forward to mark Kanza. There's no way that Ezri uh, uh, the Kanza could have actually got, you know, up towards that physicality. 
in in the days leading up to the game. So you really are not primed to get into that game. There's no kind of in the in the NFL they call it call it scout team. You sign this guy that's just off the street. Like he could be he has the same measurables and can essentially stand in the same spot as a guy that you're going to be playing against that day uh, the, the next week. And it gets you used to trying to get around a guy who's six foot four, mm. maybe 13 or 14, 15 stone or whatever, whatever the story is. You know, it gets you used to just getting, you know, that fella, okay, you back into him, you cock your arse against him for the next, for next half an hour and let our lad get used to getting in around that. There's no one on our team who can do that. We don't have like for like uh, within our team for someone like Ashley Barnes. So I can understand that. But we do for Max, we do for Max Carnet. We do have somebody. We've we've a lot of people who could have done what Maxwell Carnet did. All he did was he stood out on the sideline, not trying not to get involved in the ball. The ball comes over the top. Kanza gets committed, and Carnet just sells him down to Swanee and just runs in. And it was the easiest goal that we're going to concede all season. I I was annoyed more so with the fact that that uh, and, and I'm I'm being a bit. Uh, Ming, Ming should be Ming's is calling the line. Sorry, b- before I go on to it, Ming's is calling the line. So I, I saw yeah. a couple of people on Twitter were saying that um, um, that Ming's was 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 at fault there because Ming's played him on side. No, Ming's caused the line. Kanza shot out. Kanza shot out of the line. And he shot to the right. So Kanza should be talking to people. Kanza should let Maximil Carney get that ball or, or let that ball go over. It's reminiscent, I suppose, of the Spurs game whereby Kanza followed. Uh, and was naive in a way to follow Harry Kane around the field, and he got caught out of position. He followed Maxwell Carnet too much, uh, too much uh, Carnet, Carnet, um, too ma- too far towards the, uh, the the line, and we got caught over the top. And it was a small bit of naivety. Look, it, it's fixable. It's very fixable. To be honest with you, it's really fixable. But it was just a, it was a, it was an in the moment individual error. I think is what I would put it down to. And uh, I'm not berating him. I'm not saying he should be dropped or anything. Did a lot of good good things in the game. Um, I mentioned the one about Ashley Barnes, whereby he was completely, completely. His feet were all over the place. Sorted him out, and he he got him off balance to put the ball over the bar. Um, I think he had an okay game. Yeah. Um, mm. but I do think that I think he needs to be a player who's loved. And to be honest with you, Paddy, and I know I'm getting very long on my my conver- my soliloquy here, but I think he needed to be. I think the same we're seeing in Esh- uh, Esri Kanza. That we saw in 2019. Remember when Dean Smith played him at right back? He was shaky enough. And then he was moved in centre half. He was shaky enough. And he was moved back out right back again. He was shaky enough in those games that we were losing before the run we went on to keep us up. Yeah. I think Kanza is very much an arm around the shoulder type guy. And uh, when you have that arm around the shoulder, I think he can be an immense. Because let's let's be honest, guys, he was immense last season. He was really good. There's a real good player in there. This season probably hasn't been his best foot forward. Yeah, and look, I'm not going all in on him. I just we we uh we we all make mistakes. It's uh you know we we talked about him slipping over the couple a couple of weeks ago as well. I I just I just think Chambers has an awful lot to offer. Uh, I haven't seen the game today, but I will watch it before we talk about the, the next one just to see how how we shaped up and and get my own my own take on on what happened today. But uh. Like Kanza has been great for us. Yeah, absolutely has been great for us. Everyone's allowed to wobble. Unfortunately, if he wobbles, the ball goes in the back of the net. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one hundred percent right, Paddy. Paddy, actually, yeah. I want I want to stop in mid floor there about that because 
he's our libero essentially he's the guy who's got some glory he has to be because uh Ming scores a shot so if he shoots out to and makes a decision in the in the moment it's it's either the right one or the wrong one there's no there's yeah. no middle ground because of the way we play our fullbacks so we we talk about maybe the mistakes that Mings has made and the mistakes mistakes Kanza has made as the season has gone on if Kanza mm. makes a mistake it's fatal you know Exactly. And, and we have to take that into account as well when we're when we're appraising his uh, his style of play and, and and the way he's played this season because I think Jared has left him open. I think Jared has left both of them very open this season because of the, the central defensive midfielder position. And I think when we're three 0 up, I think Chambers maybe got a small little bit, uh, small little bit, uh, maybe maybe a bit high in his own supply there, and he was walking up and down the field a small bit. But uh, he deserved it, and he, I thought Chambers played well, but. We, we got caught with a sucker punch in the 92nd minute or whatever. So yes. um, I'm not losing too much sleep over it. Although I would like would have liked to opt uh, Emmy Martinez's uh, clean sheet record that he or a clean Absolutely. sheet pattern that he's got going at the moment. Neil, will we let everybody go and watch match of the day? What do you reckon? Yeah, why not? Before you do, guys, can everybody comment in who you thought was man of match? Because I have a man of match that doesn't tally up with any of the, the sites <laughs> that are there. Um, um, so um, if you want to comment on, on, on the pod while you're commenting in don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe yes. while you're in there <laughs> absolutely that would be absolutely wonderful as well and if you haven't subscribed to our audio podcast I'd really love if you could do that because look I'm going I'm to be really honest we, we want to be on YouTube as much as we possibly can but um, with my work schedule and things like that I may need to do some audio podcasts just because they're quicker they're easier to do we don't have to schedule them for a certain period of time and pop them up in the audio podcast specifically around the press conference um, pickups that we will have uh, those going forward and maybe one or two of the transfer things that I'll be doing will have to go out in audio um, depending on how many we do I just really appreciate if you could do it there because uh, I just love talking to you guys and I love, uh, I love the interaction that we get from it afterwards um, I'll try. We will always try our best to put everything up on YouTube, but I don't want you to miss out on anything uh, from time to time. Philly D. Mortimer, man of the match, you called it beforehand. In fairness, you were the only one who said he would start. He had an absolute fantastic game. <laughs> so, Philly D., the drinks are on you. The drinks are on you, for sure. Ray O'Connor, you did ask, what was the scotch? This is this is a, a particular penchant of mine, and I think it's been on a podcast before. Um, if they're out there, the the Cummings uh, Distillery uh, of Cardew in Scotland, um, Cardew, single malt, Scotch whiskey, 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 whiskey. We're spending my, too uh, much time in the west of Ireland, Neil. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'm getting back to my West Limerick roots there with that one, wasn't I? Yeah, but um, lovely, a lovely drop, and not a, an inexpensive as well. Inexpensive, I think it's about forty euros. Not too bad. Now, I said I'd take a change from the writer's tears, which is the best, the best Irish whiskey you can ever buy is writer's tears. And there's a whole podcast coming on that one if you guys want it. And we have it after the season if you want. But only if you sign up. Oh, sorry, not sign up, but only if you subscribe on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> so let's see, 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 let's see. Let's see. Um, actually, before we go on there, just a couple of couple of kind words there for Tyrone Mings. Um, uh, John Ridgway says Mings thought he was faultless again. Has been a couple for a couple of months now. Absolutely, I think he, he had a great game. Um, and Philly D says I feel Mings should be getting a lot more love. Best English centre back in the entire league right now. 
I mightn't go that far, but uh, I do think he's been a lot more sturdy for even when we're on our losing streaks. I think he's been, you know, the epitome of, of, of sturdiness probably for the last eight, nine weeks now. I think he's been he's 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 uh, he, he's been a real steadying influence. So so far we have Narida says it's got to be Dina. On on Bradley says MEB. Uh, Ray says Buendia man in a match. Michael Child says Gary Shaw. I saw an actual gas tweet that um, uh, um, Matt Kenrick had uh, about Gary Shaw, and I looked at that 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 old Muller jersey with the stripes, and then the the nylon blue shorts. What a combination! I I, I think the, the club should just go back to that every year. I just love it. For me, it's nostalgia. Um, Tom Ryan says MEB. Tom uh, Thomas says uh, Dina for me. Um, uh, Ray is comp- complimenting my, uh, my my whiskey drop. Thank you very much. Um, Anne says, "Great win, choose that a big one." Black sheep and family, yeah. And all Anne's family support <laughs> Liverpool, so it's a big one for her uh, during, <laughs> uh, uh, during the week uh, against Liverpool. Um, I'd say, and maybe watch it on your own at home. <laughs> if, if I was uh, <laughs> if I was a betting man, I'm not quite sure we might get the result, but uh, I will be optimistic in the in the in the pre match one for sure because I'm usually Mister Optimistic anyway, so that's all good. But we get over tomorrow and against Tipperary in the hurling first because Limerick are going to be Tip in the hurling for anyone uh, uh, that's watching this from Ireland, and we're going to put we're going to put hurling out of our minds for. Decades to come, hopefully, tomorrow with the bait we're going to give them. Um, anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, Michael Giles says uh, Buendia uh, was man of the match. Paddy, who did you think was man of the match? Well, I didn't see the match. <laughs> Paddy, so, if, uh, you, if you had seen... <laughs> I should have remembered that before I said it. Paddy, if you I'll, had seen the man of the match... Uh, I'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs> okay, so well, then you're useless. For me, I thought John McGinn was man of the match. I thought John McGinn was fantastic. I thought he did everything right. I, I can't remember a mistake he made. And genuinely, he must get, like, it's an intangible thing, but the amount of extra points he must get in the man of the match stakes for that absolutely cheeky and brilliant celebration. The second it leaves his left foot, he's like Alan Shearer after scoring an FA Cup final. He's into the middle of the crowd. Nearly as as the second it leaves his left foot, it's hilarious. Watch it back tonight. It's so good. It's I I caught it. I was watching a fantastic Zimbabwean stream, uh, legally of course. Um, I was watching a fantastic uh, stream um, today, and uh, I caught it on the pre and on, on the replay, and I actually started bur- I burst out laughing. Uh, as loud as I possibly could because you could just see him. He's like this. He's gone nuts into the crowd as he crosses the ball. He knows it's a goal. So it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So the for the love of the Palmer, for the love of Palmer, official man of the match is John McGinn because I think he um I think he was just really, really good today. Really good today. Um Right, so for a 20-minute podcast, Paddy, we did great. We did 55 minutes as normal, yeah. and uh, we drank uh, a, a bit, and I had I had a couple of um, onion rings here as well, which was fantastic. But uh, we will be back quicker than you think because we're going to have the, the presser pickups are going to come tomorrow. Um, I'm probably going to end up, uh, Paddy, we're going to go through our production meetings again here. I'm probably going to end up doing those on my own at some stage. I can't remember what time Stephen Jarrett said he's... Uh, his press conference was tomorrow, but it is tomorrow. I think it's somewhere like around two o'clock tomorrow or something like that. So 
um, we will come with press conference pickups maybe tomorrow night uh, around this time maybe half nine maybe ten o'clock we will do a preview um, of the game again um, for Liverpool and we will be back to you with that and we will do excuse me immediate reaction on uh, Tuesday after the team sheet tantrum actually no we won't I'm going to be away on holidays I can't be I can't be committing to anything on Tuesday I'm away for the week next week, so Tuesday could be complete another black zone, as in dead zone. We we will have nothing on Tuesday, so I can't be committing to that. But I will commit to a pre-match, and I will commit to a presser pickup. And um, if I can sneak away for for twenty minutes on the phone to do a, 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 a team sheet tantrum, a tantrum, and a post-match reaction, we will do that as well. So that's the upcoming pieces for the rest of the week, and. Um, I'm sorry that you all had to listen to my internal struggle there, but uh, <laughs> right, that's a bit. Of, that's that's enough. <laughs> uh, great win, though. Great win today, and uh, hopefully, there's a couple of more before the end of the season. Um, I think the narrative of us being on the beach is well and truly gone, mm-hmm. and uh, we will hopefully put up a good show against Liverpool during the week. But we're going to enjoy this win tonight, and we're going to, um, you know. Enjoy safety, I suppose, because we're more or less mathematically safe now after today's win. So uh, everybody, get to bed, get to watch match of the day. We're not going to be first, so I don't really mind keeping you in the last five minutes or so. We're not going to be first on match of the day. Uh, you will still get to see us. Um, but check in during the course of the rest of the week. Please give us a like in this. And please, if you and, and I mean it, please follow the audio podcast because over the next couple of weeks, we may not get to do as many of these YouTube shows as we like. And I, I just love if we could uh, we could still get out to you guys. Uh, for those, those of you that do listen to the podcast regularly, we, we might have a couple of them on the audio thing. So so thanks so much for all the, your support. Uh, great win for Aston Villa today. Hopefully there'll be more wins coming up. And I'm going to finish up because I'm struggling to finish up here. And I'm just going to say up to Villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.